0: Hi, how's it going, everybody? And welcome to the Debutify podcast, the premier e-commerce podcast brought to you by Debutify. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and joining me today is Eric Youngstrom, the founder and CEO of OnRamp Funds, a purpose-built financing platform for e-commerce brands. In the three years since its founding, Eric and the OnRamp team have raised over $16 million in seed funding and have helped dozens of e-commerce brands get off the ground. On today's episode, we discuss the best time to consider financial lending, how to properly use funds once you have them, the challenges of lending, and much more. Here's our interview now. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, we're very happy to have you. So why don't we start off with a little bit about your company, On Ramp Funds. Can you tell me a bit about that? Sure. We're
1: a working capital finance solution for the e-commerce small business owner, which means we help e-commerce small business owners with making sure there's always funds available to pay for inventory, And then to pay for the uh, advertising that drives uh, inventory sales turnover and then to pay for the shipping and fulfillment expenses associated with that sales turnover. And what we find is that, you know, especially in the small business range, uh, a lot of times most personal capital is tied up in there. And we think that that capital should be redeployed to more um, growth-oriented tasks and our capital should sit in there and really just make sure that turnover continues.
0: Cool, so from your experience, what do you consider the best specific use for financial lending? I mean, we're we're talking about inventory scaling a little bit of marketing is it that sort of thing or is it is it so diverse it's kind of impossible to answer
1: well i mean look there's a there's different financing for different things right we are definitely that kind of quarterly financing right you pay back as you sell so we're not a credit card with a 30 day term but we're also not a five year equipment lease right for a piece of equipment for your warehouse sure. and so you know what, what i think is most important around financing in the g- general sense of it is it's really important for somebody to understand the structure of the financing they're borrowing and the intention that the lender had for them in, in the use of funds. Because if you misallocate money that you borrow from a lender into a task the lender wasn't expecting, their payments are geared around a specific set of expectations that may not be able to be met, right? So if you use my funds for equipment financing, well, that means there's not an inventory to sell. And I have this kind of 90-day expected turnover cycle in terms of repayment but then also you know within 45 days giving you more money right whereas if you went and you know bought a forklift for a warehouse and you needed five years to pay it off well hold on i'm expecting full repayment in 90 days not you know, not five years you know the number one thing we we see small business owners you know when the, when they're challenged with cash flow is a lot of times they actually have the funds necessary to run the business is they've misallocated those funds and so what the on-ramp system does is very much align our funds with a specific set of use cases and turnover expectations so that you always have funds for inventory for advertising for shipping that means the money that you would have tied up in there can be used for other things and it still leaves means that you can go and get equipment financing right or lease a truck for your business right? Using the proceeds of your business, because we're not interfering with that. But it helps make sure then that what you're not doing is having funds misallocated in places that might then you know, prohibit you from doing something else as your business. So we're, we're just we very highly structured and targeted for that working capital problem.
0: I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Do you have to kind of hold their hand through that spending process? Or do you really just like say, here's your money, here's what it's for, don't screw it up?
1: Um, no, we, we we try to be, we, we try to very much coach them through how it works. Now, some of, some of our customers already understand it very, very well. Certainly, by the time you get your second and third turnover with us, it becomes just second nature right it becomes something that our our business clients then actually really appreciate because then they they've they've seen it in action they've felt it and they're like hold on i never have to worry about this specific problem in my accounting anymore, right? Which is not to say I don't have other thing, other problems to solve, but they've now got a solved problem here and that feels really good, right? And it makes it really easy for us to continue to work together. Part
0: of what I'm hearing you say there is that you do have multiple clients that come back and kind of double dip oh, yeah. and get more lending with you. So um, how often does that happen?
1: You know, our first customer staying with us for two plus years and they're borrowing kind of every 40 to 90 days and just perpetually turning that over depending on, you know, time of year, seasonality, things things like that. Things accelerated over the Christmas holidays, right? There's so many sales, things slow down this time of year. Right. And then the way we're structured is your payment cycles with us are tied to your sales cycles. And so if sales decline, the amount you pay us declines and then as those sales grow, you'll pay us more, but it's a percentage of those sales. And so what that really means then, right is that the merchant should never feel the pinch to be able to make a payment when there haven't been the sales to drive that payment. The alignment's very, very tight, which then means you know, if you find yourself in a situation where your credit card processor is holding a higher reserve rate, well, what you're going to pay us is reduced because of that until those reserves get released. And so what we've really done is built an engine that completely aligns with that sales turnover cycle, the sales receipts and deposits of the small business owner so that we're not putting them in a pinch accidentally, right? So it's really really about helping getting them to a much more stable place with turnover and really addressing kind of the cost of goods sold and inventory expenses associated with running these businesses.
0: I really appreciate you walking me through that process, too. So just to kind of take a step back and and start from maybe inception to execution to payment. How easy is it to get a loan with OnRamp? Do you mind walking me through that process a little bit?
1: Sure. Uh, our customers can, in about 10 minutes of their time, be fully completed the entire application process, right? So creating an account by you know giving us your email and creating a password, connecting your online store stores, connecting a bank account, and then providing us the business documentation necessary to validate that you are who you say you are, right, to prevent fraud and comply with all the federal uh, lending regulations our fastest loans are out in less than two hours so from sign up to actually you know funding leaving our bank going to you you know most customers need a couple of days because they actually want to think about the offer before they just say yes but it's a really pretty painless process and in fact you don't actually have to even give us the business identity verification data until you've been fully approved for a loan We, we won't deploy funds without it but we're actually using, you know, bank data, we're using your, your sales performance data from your Amazon or Shopify or big commerce store to make these offers. And so really the hardest part of that process, right, is tracking down your EIN letter, your secretary of state filing documentation for your business and your, you know, a, a copy, a picture of your driver's license or passport. And we actually don't make you do that. Don't ask for that data until we actually know we can loan you the money. And so it's it's worth taking that additional step, right? Because you're like, oh, hold on, there's twenty thousand dollars waiting for me. Yes, yeah, so I will go spend the next five to ten minutes to track down those documents, upload them via your secure upload folder, um, so that you can then you know complete the identity verification step. I like that. So what are those
0: specific factors and qualifiers that you look at that it sounds like you guys work closely with Amazon and WooCommerce? I think Shopify is one of them as well. So if you're kind of only looking at the business, right, instead of the personal, I think I read somewhere you don't look at personal credit history or anything like that either so what are some of those factors that you're looking at
1: we're out there looking at you know what was your sales performance been historically and then we're going to build a forecast for what we think your sales will be over the next three to six months we're going to look for you know you have sufficient sales right that we can build that forecast you know we're going to we're going to look at your banking data right transactionally and see hey if you have a have you had a problem making loan payments in the past right or you know do you have problems with you know you know bank balances you know at checks bouncing and stuff like that. And really trying to get a sense of just what that merchant's payment history has been, right? And sales history. We can work with merchants who have literally their first 5,030 days revenue uh, we have a, a program called Launchpad that we help uh, emerging merchants with. Our core customers are typically going to have at least six months of revenue right, you know, and we're going to use that 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 revenue trend, right, to then say, hey, great, what's the next ninety days look like, and then probably loan against that ninety day expected revenue stream.
0: And what's kind of the the range of the loans that you give out? I've heard you throw a few numbers around. Is it? 5,000 to 200,000? I mean, what's that range look like?
1: Yeah, we're typically loaning anywhere from um, $1,000 to $400,000. It's kind of the, the sweet spot range for us right now. We are, we will be increasing that over time, but right now it's really where really we target, right? And that's, you know, we're really focused on working with um, small business owners with revenues of 10000 a month to um, about a million dollars a month in, in recurring revenue. And our sweet spot's probably about one hundred to 200,000 in recurring revenue on a monthly basis but again even that launchpad product right where it's your first five thousand dollars in monthly revenue we have a product for that
0: emerging class emergence no that's great a thousand dollars is great i mean you can kind of stair step your way up if you really needed to throughout the entire process and kind of just be able to leverage this sort of finances you know say i'm bad with how to spend my money, it's kind of easier to lend from you guys because you'll tell me what to do with it at the same time and it's only taken 1% of sales. So you're still walking away with 99% of that money. According to your website, brands can actually have their cash in hand within about 48 hours from the step-by-step process that I saw. After creating an account, so is the loan coming directly from your account? Where where is that lending money actually coming from specifically?
1: Yeah. So we're we're loaning from our bank account and depositing those funds in the merchants bank account. We do it all via ACH. And you know, the ACH network is not, well, they're adding real-time functionality now, right? But it's typically an overnight network. Um and so typically, you know, like when I said earlier that somebody could apply, you know, enroll, apply, request money, be approved, and have funds. Sh- dispersed same day it happens, but that typically means that overnight is when the funds will arrive in in their in the client's bank account. So it is a it is a pretty rapid process. Uh, And then yeah, we're going to talk to the merchant about, you know, how the, you know, what our expectations are around, you know, the funding is, you know, to really help this sales turnover, right? So we're not funds for you to go buy a truck for your business. However, your personal cash now has been released from cash conversion cycle problems right you're you're not having to use that money for inventory anymore you can you can borrow against the inventory you have in stock which means then your personal funds can be redeployed to those other investments in your business that will help it grow and and that might just be redeployed into paying your salary because if if you think about it a lot of business owners use a million dollar a year revenue stream as an example Right. If you're generating $250,000 in top line sales every quarter, but let's assume that you need 40% of that for turnover, right? To pay for shipping and fulfillment and advertising and inventory. Well, that means you need $100,000 at the beginning of quarter, right? To, to have the necessary inventory, and then drive the advertising and shipping to create sales. If it's midway through the quarter, when you need another 100000 for the next quarter, well, you haven't actually extracted a hundred thousand in profit yet. You're actually not going to ever have a hundred thousand in profit, right? But you haven't had you haven't had the sales necessary to, to free up a hundred thousand in cash for the next quarter. Our cash is there for that, right? And so, and then what we're we're suggesting the merchants is without us, right? They'll get to the end of the year, their accountant's going to say, "Hey, congratulations, you did a million dollars in sales last year." And let's just pretend you had a ten percent profit margin, so hundred thousand dollars in profit. You owe the IRS for your taxes. But then you go home and your wife or your husband's saying to you, hold on, but there's no cash in the bank. We're still eating peanut butter and jellies. We haven't been on vacation, right? We're not putting money away for retirement or for college. And that's because it's captured in that cash conversion cycle. And so what we're doing then is saying, great, release your funds from that. Leverage the inventory that you now own to release your personal capital from having to own $50,000 in inventory. You can borrow against that. You've now freed up your capital, which means you can use that to pay yourself. And so now you can pay your salary while you're using our capital to continually just churning over your sales and inventory. And it's always there for that next round. And because you're paying it down as you sell, essentially... The merchant now is paying their cost of goods sold on a per unit basis when they received the sales receipts for the sale of that unit, not not in advance. And so that's the real power of a a product like ours is it's highly optimized to help the merchants escape, you know, to get out of that just captured cycle of my money's stuck in inventory and advertising. How do I free it up? Put our money instead.
0: And part of what I like there, Eric, that I hear is you're not essentially writing these guys a check. To help them get out of a tight spot is you're actually the real value comes from the coaching aspect in empowering the entrepreneurs and the business owners in how to almost like liberate themselves a little bit you know um it is it, it definitely feels more of an empowering process than a, okay here's your money pay us back when you're ready i really like that empowering
1: piece there no and i think and i think that's the mission right like we want to help more small business owners reach sustainability and, and reach the scale that they want to achieve, right? And, and that scale answer is different for everybody. But sustainability is the same for everyone, right? Sustainability is I have a business that generates the revenue and the profit margins that I want. One person's you know definition of I've reached the scale I want might be 20 million a year in revenue. and Somebody else's could be a million a year in revenue, right? That's not for me to decide, right? I don't have an opinion one way or the other on that. But what I want to help them do is reach the point where they've, they're at, sustainability and then you know the reason that we like working with customers for the long term is that it, once you've done a cycle with us right a 30 60 90 day cycle with us and then you do another you actually then really you've internalized the power of the solution right and in theory right people can kind of look at it and get it but there's there's no escaping the fact that it's always more powerful once you've used a product and actually understood the use because you've been through a full turnover cycle with that product, then you're like, hold on, now I get it, right? This really, really helps my business. And it means that I can still go use my credit cards for other expenses. If my business wants to go borrow money from the bank to buy a forklift for the warehouse, right? Or something like that. OnRamp's not in the way of that, right? Because we're just not structured. We're structured in a way that makes sure that you can take advantage of different types of financing to help scale the business, right? And we're not equipment financing, but then we don't impede that. And by the way, if you have equipment financing, that doesn't stop your ability to borrow from on We're really structured well, and what becomes really powerful, and the reason we have such good repeat business is that the merchants begin to understand that and see the power of it, and then dial us in for what we're, we're best for. So that they can use other vendor other financing for what it's designed and best for.
0: Absolutely. How often, if you don't mind me asking, are brands unsuccessful in in paying back their loan? I imagine it's rare, but I am curious. Yeah, no, look,
1: every every lending business has the unfortunate side to it that there is going to be bad debt. What we see is that it's a pretty infrequent occurrence. You know, what we really accept in terms of bad debt is, you know, the risk that we're taking on is that your business can't deliver the next call it 90 days of sales, right? And if that means that your business is going under, but you're treating us fairly, right? If we're if we're supposed to be paid 10% of sales every time you get a deposit, if we're seeing those deposits come through, but the business just goes under, then we accept that risk. It's our job to build a risk forecasting engine that can tell us that you're going to have the sales necessary to repay us. Now we do have customers who just decide they don't want to pay. And and then you know unfortunately then we have to go through a collections process, right? It's it's not what we want to do, but if customers are able to pay, but decides they don't want to pay, if we don't find a way to get paid, we don't have a business for the other five, six, seven hundred customers that we're supporting, and then we're not supporting the, the vast majority of good borrowers. But you know, from my perspective, the risk that we're really willing to accept is that your business goes under, right? For some reason, you know, let's face it, small businesses have a failure rate, and it's fortunate, Right, but we're willing to take that risk with you. And if is if as long as we're treated fairly on the way down, then we're going to accept that that was a loss that just you know happened, right? And and then we're going to refine our risk modeling, right? To say, hold on, why did we why weren't we able to detect that that business was going to have that problem in the next ninety days?
0: I was just about to say the same thing. I mean, bad debt, sadly, good data. You know, well, and it is good data,
1: and we will refine for that, right? So that. Hopefully, then the next time that we can see that, we can go back to that merchant and say, hold on, you're not ready to borrow from us right now because you have these problems. But if we can spot those problems, then can we actually help the merchant say, hey, great, if you can solve this problem, here are the steps you need to take. And the data is going to reflect that over the next 30 days. And then, by the way, you will be eligible. Well, then we're actually being a partner of that merging because we're helping them spot that trend maybe before they even recognize it. I
0: mean, that's really powerful. I didn't even think about that. You could say, yes, but you have to use it this way, or else your business is literally going to go under, according to our forecast modules, you know. How long does it typically take for a brand to pay back their loan? So let's say they are. I'm hearing you say 30 to 90 days,
1: something like that. So our loans are structured, you know, or our advances rather are structured in kind of a 30 to 150 day expected Payback period. And it's really customized per borrower based on the unique sales turnover, inventory turnover cycles of their business. On average, it's about 90 days, right? Which the average inventory turnover cycle for an e commerce business is about 60 days. Um, So we've got a little cushion in there for you. But when you have customers who go faster, we have a lot of customers who are on kind of 30 to 60 day cycles, and then several that even run a 120 to 150 day cycle. But we work with uh, each of our borrowers right to understand that need we use the data from their sales history from you know from their inventory history and whatnot to actually ascertain that and then we optimize the the loan offering against that and any specific requirements that merchant might have for you know for their immediate needs and just to kind of you know circle back
0: a little bit so these businesses are they essentially making a payment to you at the end of every month or week or whatever instead of you being hooked up to their business and pretty much taking money off, off the top until you're paid in full? The payments are automated, right? So we're connected into their yeah. business.
1: And so we automate the payment and we're determining, you know, our, when we make the advance offer, we're telling the merchant that there is a certain percentage of each sale. And that to be clear at deposit, right? So not you sold a day on Amazon, but they're not going to give you the money for 17 days. No, we're going to wait the 17 days. We wanna make sure that the cash is coming to you when you make the payment to us. And then, you know, we're and we're determining what percentage of those sales that is, and then synchronize that with the deposit pace of the different sales channels. So if it's Amazon it's every two weeks, well, you're gonna be making a payment every two weeks. Shopify, that could mean that you're you're making a payment every day. And it's for sales that happened four days ago because of the lag between the, the sale date and the deposit date, right? And then, you know, other channels might be weekly. And so then what we're doing is basically saying whenever you're receiving sales receipts, when those deposits are coming to you, that's when you're making the payment back to on-ramp. So you're paying the cost of goods sold, for instance, if you sell this pen, right, and it's sold it for 40 bucks, and you're paying us 10% of each sale for the cost of the pen and the fee associated with the loan, well then, great. That forty dollars is deposited. We're going to sweep the four dollars, and now you owe four dollars less, right? Because you you paid it off for that pen. And but then let's just assume. that all of a sudden, you go ten days without pay- without selling a pen. Well, great. You don't have payments in those ten days because there's, there's been no sales. And so that way we're we're in sync. And then let's just say you get to day fifteen. All of a sudden, you sell a hundred of them. Well, now you get almost four hundred dollars, but that's because the sales were there to generate that payment. I was just curious about the exact specificity of that repayment
0: process and what that looked like. What sort of business or product, if there is any, tends to pay you back more quickly? I mean, is there a certain trend that you've noticed where? And companies tend to pay you back really well or have a great return on on lending for you guys, or or have you noticed any sort of trend there?
1: Well, the type of seller will determine the seasonality, right? So, you know, kind of general retail, right? Christmas is your big time of year. It's people giving presents, right? All that volume comes through. And so that that time of year is going to be very fast payback. We have customers in, you know, who sell seeds and gardening, gardening supplies. They're actually in their peak season right now. It's, it just kind of started in the last few weeks, right? And so it's, it's less around the type of business that pays quickly. It's more around each business has a different seasonal cycle and they're going to have times of the year when it's really busy, right? But, you know, you don't need to borrow a lot for inventory in October if you're a gardening supply company because you're six months away from anybody buying anything, right? And so, you know, we're going to cycle with that seasonal trend. And then we're also going to look at, that business's sales velocity, right? Are they growing? Are they declining? How fast are they growing, right? And then we're going to reflect that with that seasonality and then other kind of macro trends on their sales forecast and then loan against that. Right. And then it's our job to make sure we're getting that forecast right.
0: Have you seen people do that where they, where they ask for money from you, where they know that they're not going to have money coming in? So that way they can kind of, I don't know, buffer it the way they are. You know, I mean, that's kind of another school of thought. Essentially, it's not like anything necessarily wrong with it. I don't think if if it's like, ideally, you want to pay back a loan as quick as possible, obviously. But if it's not accruing interest, then there's no real difference between I have like a, a bit of a buffer during my downside or downtime of the season
1: versus when business is booming. Yeah, but that's not forget, again, if we know that you're coming into your slow time of year, you're only really going to do, let's just say you're using that million dollar example, right, but Christmas is 500,000, right? And then, um, or 400,000 in Q1 quarter is 100,000. And then the other two are 250. If you're coming to us in November saying, hey, I need to borrow money for Q1, I'm actually doing that against a Q1 revenue stream of 100,000, not 400,000, right? Yeah. And so- we're saying, look, yeah, you do need inventory, right? But you don't need $400,000 worth of inventory because that inventory can become stale and unsellable. And then you're on the hook and we're on the hook. You need $100,000 of inventory because we know that's what you're going to turn over in the quarter. Now, by the way, if your Q1 sales accelerate, well, you can come back and borrow again, right? So once you're halfway repaid with us, if we're seeing sales accelerating and you are too, and you're like, hold on, I need more inventory, before this inventory runs out, we'll essentially say, "Hey, great! You now have more available capacity. Your credit line has gone up. You can now draw against that, get additional funds out to hit to keep hitting those growth targets." Because we're both seeing the same data. When new merchants come say, "Hey, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go triple my sales next quarter," and we go look at them and say, "Well, you know, here's what our forecast is, and you know, unfortunately, you know, you haven't proven that yet, so we can't loan you that triple sales capacity today." But We'll be monitoring every day, right? We see the data come through on a daily basis. And as we're seeing that accelerate, you know, as you prove that, then your available capacity increases, and you know, you can come draw against that, so that you're keeping up with that demand.
0: And we're talking a bit about some of the hardships or obstacles that e-commerce business owners have to face. What are some of the broader ones that that you've seen in terms of financial challenges that smaller e-commerce business owners have to face in this current landscape?
1: Yeah, I mean, let's let's face it. The number one challenge for a small business, and this is true for e-commerce and all small businesses, it's it's um, cash flow management. Right, and typically that the biggest you know if you start to subdivide that right the biggest challenge is I don't have enough of it <laughs> yeah. right there's not enough cash but I will say then the the one that follows on that is it's not so much that you don't have enough it's that you've misallocated funds right and and that could be because look you, your forecast was just off right and so I bought too many blue pins and not enough red pins right or what have you it could be that hey the bank was willing to give me a a two-year loan and so i you know I, i bought a a car but now i don't have money for inventory right or, you know, something like that, where you've really misallocated funds because you weren't used to the structure and and kind of the different expectations of of different types of funding, right? And so all those things come together. And so, you know, again, that's what OnRap's really designed to help people understand is we're here to keep the business humming, right? But we're not an investment and and we're not a long-term loan where we can say, hey, great, you know, there's a forklift for twenty thousand dollars. Here's the twenty thousand to pay for it, and you can pay us off over five years. Right. What we're saying is you need enough pins to sell for this quarter. And then halfway through the quarter, you need to order that next batch. We're here for you for that. And there's still a lender, right? The Toshiba forklift company, right? Who will say, Great, and here's a lease, but we also know if you don't pay it, we're gonna come collect the forklift. And then, you know, that's how they're gonna, you know, collateralize and protect that investment. And so I think you know, that's probably you know where we see the most challenges, right? Is just as these small business owners are getting used to these different challenges, right? They're, they're having to think about the financing in a way they haven't had to before. And there are all kinds of different paths to launching an e-commerce business. Most people don't come to launch an e-commerce business with an incredibly deep finance and accounting background, right? Most people are coming to this from they've got a product passion. They're passionate about pens or watches or Hey, I, I love woodworking and I've got this array of woodworking products that I like to build. Accounting and finance is the necessary evil for, yeah. for a lot of business owners, right? And so that's where we really try to step in and, and say, look, we're here to help you. We're going we the product in a way that's designed to, to make sure that it works for your business. We're using data to drive that decisioning so that it's it's based on the realities of what your business is doing today. And we want to see you grow in and scale. And, and we want to make sure that we're not giving you too much money can also cause a problem because you can't pay it back. And so what we're really trying to do is hyper-optimize it for that specific portion of your business problem. In doing so, that still leaves you open to go work with other lenders for other parts of those business financing challenges that aren't working capital related.
0: And speaking of of growing and scaling, is there a specific time in a company's growth process that is most advantageous to consider lending? Is it go to market or, or a specific scaling
1: stage, or, or does it really matter to you guys? From our perspective, right, like we can't work with a brand new company because there's no sales history to go, you know, to go forecast. From my perspective, I'd say, you know, look you've got that six months worth of sales really going, right? We can then start working with you to forecast and then we can start scaling with you, right? That scaling is both going up and, you know, post-Christmas coming down. But if you don't borrow as much, you don't have this, you know, the cost is less. So you're saving money. So, you know, we really view it as we're hyper-optimized to the needs of your business to help your business right this quarter, right? We're always kind of looking the next 12 weeks ahead, for what your business needs for that 12 week period. And then, you know, typically when you're halfway repaid, you can come get more, which means really six weeks from now, if things are taking off because you launched a new marketing program that really has hit a nerve with your retail customers, well, great. You can get more from us to, to to adapt to that, and because we're seeing those same sales results, right? And the success of that, we're we're then, we're here to help with that.
0: No, and, and I totally get that and respect that. One of my final questions: I know you said obviously you don't invest in brands have you come across one that that you wanted to invest in instead of write them alone you were just kind of like in between
1: in a rock and a hard place a little bit you know i see a lot of businesses that i think have a lot of opportunity i certainly root for all of them i will say this i I am so focused on on making on-ramp successful that I'm not really trying to go figure out how I do something other than on ramp, right? <laughs> sure, so, sure. If, if I if I did see this like that, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, look, I think it looks awesome, and I'm rooting for you. But I'm not trying to go solve that problem because then, you know, if, if we're not focused, we won't succeed. And if we don't succeed, then there's a lot of customers we'd be letting down.
0: I heard you mention earlier that you obviously are trying to grow in this process as well. I think you mentioned that you know your loan range is is between. A thousand to four hundred thousand, and you want to kind of raise that cap a little bit and maybe play with some some bigger dogs. So, what what does that look like for y'all? How are you able to do that? Is it, is it stuff like this, more marketing, or what's your game plan for growing on Ramp? Yeah, no, look,
1: we're we're trying to grow, but continuing to support the small business owner. When you're talking to the small business e-commerce owner, right, and you're marketing to that population, you you get customers coming in that may be bigger than your target, but your marketing is still attracting their attention. And so we see that we have customers who, who need a large capacity that we offer today, And what we then try to, what we're then looking at is how do we go support them because they're they're coming to us anyway. So there is clearly a market need there. And so you know our our goals over 2023 and 24 are just to be able to increase that that average advance size. You know, be a number of different channels. You know, there's a lot of different paths you can go do that and be there to support those businesses. Now, I do think there is a natural point where a small business outgrows what we do, and I think that that small business gets big enough that they're hiring a CFO, a VP of finance, right? Somebody who really is focused on that side of the business. And, you know, our guess is that happens somewhere between 5 and $20 million a year in revenue because you just can't not, right? Like the business, as businesses get bigger, right? They demand more specialized personnel to run the different Parts of the business and when that happens right that that CFO that had a finance when they come in, they're going to look at what we do and say great this is a hugely valuable tool very worthwhile but we think we could go to a bank and get a line of credit be really better optimized for the cost of capital And at that point you know from my perspective that customer's graduated. Right. They've they've reached that next scale in their business, right? And and that, and that next level of stability where they don't need us anymore. And so we're celebrating that win for them. Like, hey, that's an awesome day. You know, we're we're not exactly expensive capital. Um, we're not low cost capital. But when you actually look at what we do and the structure, and the kind of the coaching we give, what you're really actually saving on is you don't need a CFO as soon because we're doing that portion of it for you. And so that's part of what our cost is, right? Is, is helping to provide that. And so then, you know, but when that CFO arrives and we actually have companies where the CFO has arrived and they continue to use us, right? Because there is power in it. Others are like, great, you know, thank you for getting us this part. Here's a great review. And now, you know, we went and, and went to the bank and got a line of credit and then you know, that bank line of credit isn't isn't structured for payment terms, right? That CFO has to manage that. When do we draw? And how much do we draw? And when should we start paying that back so that we're building up a balance that we can draw against again? And that takes time, right? There's a spreadsheet that's getting run, and there's a lot of uh, investment in that, that team of people can do, but now you're paying those salaries, right? And until you're ready to pay those salaries, we're a far more affordable option. Yeah, it's a
0: delicate dance and someone's got to manage that, whether that's you or a CFO or, or someone's got to do it at some point in time, quicker the better. Before we wrap up, I love this idea. I, I love talking with you, Eric. This is this is really cool stuff. Before we wrap up, I always ask from our guests this final question, essentially, about how in the e-commerce industry most entrepreneurs and professionals are operating minute by minute, round the clock, talking and thinking about e-commerce, their business, the networking and all all that sort of stuff. But I find it that the most successful are often having a healthy work-life balance at the same time. So my question to you, Eric, is what hobbies and interests do you do in your free time to promote a healthy work-life balance?
1: I'll say this. I don't actually, I hate work-life balance because it assumes that you have to be doing each equally. And, and so I like I like work-life harmony better. There are periods in your life. I can life, dig that. Yeah, there are periods in your life when it's time to go work really hard and roll up your sleeves and the 18-hour days fly by and you don't even notice. And there are other periods of time where it's like, hold on, I need, you know, there's other things in my life that I need to go do. And so it's finding the harmony of, when's it time to do one or the other i will say you know what helps me relax and unwind is reading and so i do that every night going to bed that's kind of how i fall asleep it's a great way to kind of fill some time and then if i can't sleep i will then pick the book up again and and then i will try to have something very dry that will put me to sleep nice <laughs> you know my wife and i make it a point to spend time today together every day I, I try to be home for dinner every night with the with my family so i can get time with them and be a good dad but i will say you know, one of the reasons that I was excited to start On Ramp at, at this point in my life is I've got two high school kids who I wanted them to see a, a, you know, how does an idea come from, an idea in your mind to become a business, right? And so I started toying with how do we build On Ramp in 2019 in my home office, where my son and daughter would, you know, on the desk next to me do their homework. And so they've actually seen that they kind of the germination of idea into a spreadsheet, into PowerPoint decks to go raise money, into doing loans for the first time by hand, right? All the way to now where there's a a company called OnRamp, right? That has 26 employees and hundreds of customers and has done Tens and tens of millions of dollars in loans, right? And so for me, there was like a real psychic win to be able to share that with my family. But I do have to then turn it off, right? Because they're not interested in the same way I am. <laughs> I think the imagery of all
0: three of y'all working on
1: your homework
0: in the office. Your homework's just a little bit more complicated than theirs. Is I don't know. It depends on if they're working on calculus.
1: Their calculus like is harder.
0: Our- <laughs> that was that was my uh forte i mean that i I was a math major in school and then when the numbers started to become imaginary like my senior year of college i was like i don't know if this is for me anymore (laughs) but look eric it's it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you i love your brand philosophy the idea the product it all just seems really on the on the up and up and i wish you a lot of success my friend thank you so much i appreciate it I'd like to thank my guest, Eric Youngstrom, for joining me on the show and come back on Tuesday when I talk with Chase Insonia, the founder of Insonia CPA, a highly successful Austin, Texas-based CPA accounting firm, which specializes in e-commerce brands. For more information about Eric, you can connect with him on LinkedIn. To learn more about OnRamp Funds, you can check out their website, OnRampFunds.com, or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at OnRampFunds, or subscribe to their YouTube channel at OnRamp. That's our show. Thanks for joining us. And we hope you come back to find new episodes being published every Tuesday and Thursday. Until then.